Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Sunday the 30th of January, the fourth Sunday after Epiphany. Today our readings come from the Old Testament, Jeremiah, and from the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke. God, who spoke in the beginning, created something out of nothing. Let us worship God the Creator. God, who took on the clothing of humanity, set free those who were oppressed. Let us worship God the Redeemer. God, whose spirit lights upon the world, dancing where she wishes. Let us worship God the Sustainer. We worship God, holy and three, creator, redeemer, sustainer. Our first reading is taken from Jeremiah 
in the Old Testament, chapter 1, reading from verse 4 through to verse 10. We listen for God's word. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Amen. And we read in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, reading from verse 22 to verse 30. All spoke well of Jesus and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel and in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Amen. Thanks be to God for his reading of his word. Having a fear of heights is a well-known phobia for some people. No climbing ladders, no venturing in glass-sided lifts, very little hill-walking in Scotland either, unless dizziness and fear is or might set in. It's something that could limit your experience of the Scottish mountains. The variety of the heights and the views, valleys with sheer drops that can be breathtaking in their beauty, but equally dangerous in windy weather if taken lightly. There is each summer 
a race in Scotland called the Keltman. It is a race that includes swimming Loch Shieldaig, cycling mile, miles of highland roads and sprinting over two Munros. There is no room for fear of heights or worries over sheer cliff edge drops or uneven vertical climbs as racers sprint over part of the Torridons. Cliff edges, both physically and mentally, are very much part of that race. It pushes the athletes to the extreme and confronts people with their own limitations and boundaries in a sometimes brutal way, as perhaps only the Scottish landscapes and very often the Scottish weather can do so. I have a friend who has competed in that Keltman race, and having seen some of the training that is required for it, and the sheer speed of running required over snaking cliff-edge narrow paths, it adds a new dimension to a fear of heights and pushing boundaries. I remember all of this when I read today's Gospel passage from Luke, as the people find their boundaries challenged and drive Jesus towards the edge of a cliff for doing so. And despite the cliff edge, Jesus manages to escape and find a way through. This follows on from the passage that we read last week, when Jesus began his public preaching ministry as described in Luke, preaching in the synagogue to the congregation that he grew up in. And so today we follow on from that passage. Jesus, of course, has been preaching and healing, exercising his ministry around the Sea of Galilee, meeting all walks of life, all those who come to hear him or be healed by him to seek out this new prophet. His reputation has spread even back to his hometown of Nazareth. And as he reads in the synagogue, there are great expectations on him. The carpenter's son, now growing up. The boy, now a man. The child who left and has now become a great leader. Do what you did elsewhere, is the cry that is sent out. They want to see and hear what has caused his reputation to grow. They want what others saw. The revelation, the message, the healing and the miracle. What they got was not what they wanted or expected. The people in their excitement at welcoming back their honoured son got more than they thought. When he spoke, they couldn't believe what they were hearing or just didn't want to believe it. They had constructed a past that suited their present. Through their rose-tinted glasses, they viewed Jesus as an upstart. How could he suddenly now speak with authority and wisdom in a way that unsettled their notion of who he was and what he was capable of? This edgy, challenging, commanding individual no longer fitted their image of what they thought right and proper. Jesus comes preaching uncomfortable truths. His ministry is not just for them or for their benefit, he says, but for everyone. He is not their own personal healer or saviour, 
but for everyone. He is not limited to one people, but to all people. This confronts their assumptions and expectations, and they ride him to the cliff edge. Jesus wanted them to see beyond the limits of their comfort. He wanted them to see God in their midst, standing right in front of them. He wanted them to take a stance against their oppressors and the evil in the world. He wanted them to break free of the status quo and claim their power in love, a love of themselves and a love of their neighbours. He wanted them to live life without the limits of fear and hatred. He wanted them to claim their place by his side as siblings, neighbours, friends, as God's beloved. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't hear what he had to say. They couldn't see who he was. Their fear and complacency was too powerful. They believed the lies of their oppressors. They believed they were powerless to change the norms of their day. They chose security and predictability over the unpredictable safety of loving those around them with unconditional love that comes from seeking the divine in everyone, even the Romans and those in Rome's employ. And what about us? When have we had our expectations confronted or our suspicions challenged? And how did we react? Where would we find ourselves on that cliff edge journey? Would we be the ones hounding Jesus with loud acclamations? Would we be the bystanders shaking our heads? Would we be the ones lining the cliff edge to stop Jesus or anyone else going over? Or would we be finding the new route and the path to follow Jesus? Life on the edge, exploring the boundaries we thought were there, is often where we find Jesus challenging our assumptions of who is in and who is out, who is loved and who should be loved. I'm reminded of the prophetic voices of the past, who have often taken us beyond our boundaries, and often there have been people chasing them too over the cliff edge. People like Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, to name but a few. Being Christian today is not an extreme sport, but it requires an agility to see possibilities and to find a path. Jesus knew there was no them and us. God's love knows no boundaries and favours no one. The good news is that Jesus has brought the church through every age and every challenge. The good news is that the bright light of Jesus illuminates the past and the present so that we can see them honestly and shines into the future so that we may venture into it, hopefully, and attempt the things that he would be attempting to make this world a fairer, gentler, more open and honest and welcoming place that it needs to be. Amen.
let us pray. Loving God, throughout all of time, you have brought a message of hope and love. You have brought your people to safety, led them through the wilderness, and shown them a fresh vision of what it means to be loved and to love as you love others. We continue to reflect on the teaching of Christ, who gave so much for us. We have thought about how the world might become a better place, how we might become better communities of faith. In prayer, we think of our troubled world today. We pray for those in poverty and distress and for those who seek to aid them. We pray for the leaders of rich and poor nations that politics and policies might aid the hungry, that the posturing of superpowers might not escalate and peace remain between countries and boundaries broken and hope thrive. We give thanks, God, for all who have cared for us in times of weakness, for those who have uplifted our spirits and given us new hope. We pray for our friends and families, especially any who are finding life difficult at this time. We pray for any in our community that may feel neglected or rejected. Lord, lead us with vision to know your love for all. Loving God, help us all to feed on your word so that we may grow in faith and share that faith with those that we meet. And so we pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Thank you for joining me today for this time of worship. And now may God fill us to overflowing with generous care, with abundant hope, always to trust in you, God. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen.